0: You're listening to For the Republic, a love letter to Star Wars Animation.
1: Hello there. All right, everyone. Welcome back to our Bad Batch Recaps here on For the Republic, a love letter to Star Wars Animation. I am Andrew back here once again. Do not have the full crew with me this week, but I am not alone. No, no, no. I have once again, coming back to the podcast from This Is The Way Seekers, which has just returned, by the way, Jedi Chelsea is here once again. How are you today?
0: I'm good. I'm very happy to be here. It's a gorgeous day where I'm at. Um, 70 degrees in February is kind of scary, but great. Um, had a decent time watching Bad Batch yesterday, so excited to be on again and talk about it.
1: Yeah, it's an ice storm here, so uh, definitely, oh, not, no. definitely not a gorgeous day for me, but uh, I, I at least have the day off and I get to talk Star Wars, so I can't complain much about that. Um... Now, we have not had you on since uh, Andor. Uh, we had you on for the uh, one of the episodes of the Aldani Arc. So it's good to have you back on once again talking about Bad Batch. This week uh, kind of picks up where last week's left off. We started this two-part story with the Batch having the Marauders stolen from them. Last week we got some pretty good development between uh, Tech and Omega. And I was hoping that we would continue that this week, maybe see... Uh, how the Batch react to having to do this on their own, having to get the ship by themselves. And that really only took about the first, like, four or five minutes of the episode. (laughs) Them, like, trying to find the Marauder, they eventually get it, and then they end up working with uh, this kid from this mining guild uh, that is on the same planet and has kind of taken over uh, their whole way of doing business on this planet. Uh, Definitely a lot of allegories... As you said before, we started for worker exploitation and uh, factory work and capitalism and just, you know, evil big business is essentially what we get in this episode. Which is always, it's not a new theme in Star Wars whatsoever, but there's also a lot of allegories for the Empire, which they actually directly reference in this episode. Chelsea, let me just let me just say, I don't know what you've been thinking of this season, but let me just say, I, I think for the past probably five or six episodes, I've come on this show every week, and I've been like, okay, so this has to be the week that they break away from Sid, right? Like, like we got to be getting close. <laughs> yeah. And last week, when she was just basically like, ah, no, you're on your own, and hung up on them, I was like, all right, this is this is finally time, right? Like this is going to be the week that they're like, okay, we did this. We don't need Sid. we're gone. Mm -mm, Not yet. So I'm like, Mm -mm. when is it happening? Because I feel like this show and I've enjoyed the season, admittedly less than I did season one, but I have enjoyed this season. However, I just feel like the narrative is stuck in one place. And every time we get a really good episode and I'm like, okay, now we're going to be moving forward. This is, I see good things coming. We just end up right back in the same spot. And it's like, they got the Marauder back. So I'm like, okay, cool. Maybe some stuff can happen because they're going to realize, wait, hold on. This stuff that we're talking about with like being exploited by our boss, that's kind of what's happening to us. But they haven't put two and two together yet. So I'm like, how much longer can this keep going? Because I have been saying with Don and with Connor that it feels like this should have happened like midway through last season. And now Mm -hmm. we're almost two seasons through the Bad Batch and they're still stuck in this like work for hire, like odd job thing, which can be Mm -hmm. pretty entertaining. But I just feel like they're setting up this stuff with the clones and with the Empire And we're spending too much time away from that, and we got to get going on it. So uh, what have been your thoughts on the season overall uh, before we get into the, the meat and potatoes of this episode?
0: Yeah, I think when it's good, it's great. And when it's not, it's kind of just like, ugh... You know, I think right from the beginning, you know, my friends and I would like to do group watch and we'd usually stay up. So for me, that's 3 a.m., right? Mm -hmm. I found instead of staying up till 3 a.m. and just going to bed and watching it in the morning on Wednesday, even if the episodes aren't my favorite, I find that I've been enjoying them more because it feels kind of like Saturday morning cartoons. So I think that's changed my perspective on it a little bit. And then I also feel like the way they're releasing the episodes the week by week is I think almost makes it worse for people who truly are trying to enjoy the show, but they just can't, you know? Because yes, overall, this is a show geared towards kids and there are gonna be some, what people would call filler episodes. But I feel like for people, for audiences, it's a lot more tolerable, especially on a streaming service. If you're going to have a lot of those kinds of episodes make up the bulk of your season to release multiple episodes at once, or just drop the whole season at once. Because I think if I were able to like binge through this, maybe I would feel differently than I do now. Um, I feel like, honestly, the word that I would describe for how I feel about Bad Batch is just indifferent. I don't have the same attachment to the Bad Batch as I do with other characters. And I don't know what it is. They're all really intriguing characters. I, I do love clones, but I just don't find myself being worried about what's happening to them as i am in other shows like and or i'd be at the end of the episode i'd be stressed i'd be like what is going to happen to vella cinta or like how is cassie gonna get out or is kino even alive or you know even with rebels like i have such a deep personal investment into those characters and their story but i just haven't developed that with the bad batch so i think too that makes it harder for me to you know really like connect with the show and like get excited about it week to week. It's just for me right now, it's something that's there that, yeah, I put on and have a decent time, but it's not, you know, but I have to remember too, it's not for me necessarily. And, but, but I always make that point to defend the show. I'm like, it's made for kids, but then I'm like, on the contrary, like rebels is made for kids, but that's like my favorite show ever. But I think it's just something that a style, um, I'm a little tired of my friend true star Wars dude actually did like a nice like discussion of this on his story about to the animation style, how everything being this animation style makes it really hard for the show to kind of stand on its own and develop its own like tone or theme because it essentially is right now, just like a clone war sequel that the bad batch kind of just like happened to be there. That's how it feels to me. Yeah. Um. So I'm hopeful that maybe in the rest of the second season, or if there are future seasons that, the show's really able to develop like its own identity and set itself apart. I think, yeah, that was a very long... I didn't realize I had that much to say about how I felt about Bad Bad because yeah. I honestly don't even think about it that I,
1: much. I, 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 I definitely agree with a lot of what you're saying. I do enjoy the show, and I have more of a connection more than you do, but I am definitely feeling those same things. As for the art style, I've seen quite a few discussions about the need to move past it. And I I think not necessarily fully abandoning it, but like having other shows with different art styles would do such a good, like, it would be such a good choice to make other animated projects seem more fresh and unique. Because like we had that with Resistance, but people didn't really give that the time of day. So now it's like, and they kind of cursed it from the start. I can go into that it, uh, long rant, but like this one, it was—it's like they—they they described it as like, oh, it's—it's made for the people that grew up with the Clone Wars, and we—we we are getting that. And like the episodes where we have those characters come back are always hits in my mind. But then, like, we'll have like again, the show to me is still trying to find its identity, which is weird for a show that's been almost two seasons all the way through 16 Mm -hmm. episodes each. So like, it's not like it's been like eight episodes or six episodes. Like a lot of these other Disney plus live action shows have been, they've had 16 episodes to play with each season. And I feel like for a lot of them, I wouldn't call this episode filler by any means, because they do get the Marauder back and that's a pretty big plot point. But I feel like they're just like, okay, what are we going to do this week? Uh, We'll have them go on an adventure. And you might be saying, well, Andrew, isn't that exactly what The Mandalorian Season 1 was? And I'm like, yes, you're, you're, you're right. And I've seen a lot of people make that comparison that like, oh, I can't wait for next week when people shit on the Bad Batch for doing this odd job thing. And then they love The Mandalorian for doing the exact same thing. And I'm like, you're, you're on to something here. That's a discussion we might need to have sometime." And I think that's just a weird way that people view animation as opposed to live action. But I do think quality of storytelling is is a big part of this. And right now, I just think uh, it's just something that they need to uh, figure out and and, and see where they're going. Because Season 3, I'm assuming, would fix a lot of this stuff. But because of how little they've been promoting Season 2, I'm worried that it's not coming. And this will Mm -hmm. be it for these characters which I feel like that one that's going to be their second show in a row in the animated side that this has happened to. And I feel like with Disney plus, this shouldn't be an issue. Mm. Uh, And, and I just think they need to figure out a way that the animation department is structuring their stories and, and make sure they have a better direction of where it's going. Uh, Because I I do see some really good things coming. And I've said that every week. Oh, the really good things are going to be happening. But it's just like we're getting to the point where, yes, I am enjoying the season, but once things finally do kick into high gear, we're only going to have a certain amount of episodes left in the season, and then we have to wait either another year plus for the next season or we're just not going to get a third season, which is just I don't know what they're doing there. But to get back into the episode proper – we, we are introduced to this mining guild and we get introduced to our thief from last week who was masked up and people had theories like, is this Hondo Don here was like, is it, is it a young Afra? But then we were like, timeline wise, it's like, she would be like six. So it wouldn't really <laughs> work unless we have like Dr. Afra child master thief, who knows, but it ends up being this character named Benny, who's a new character. Uh, at first, I thought it was Lux Bonteri just by the haircut, uh, but then he started talking. He's got like this tattoo on his neck. He's voiced by Yuri Lowenthal, so the Spider-Man PS4 fanboy in me was very excited, and I think that's a big reason why I enjoyed a lot of this episode so much. Because every time he talked, I was like, "Oh my God, it's Spider-Man!" But like, <laughs> uh.
0: See, that's how I felt about the the like racing episode because Teo is Dewey Duck to me. That's Ben Schwartz, So That's oh, how, I know. That's why I, a lot of people duck hated Tales that episode. Super. Fan. I am. I I really am. So I I feel you with that. I didn't know that though. That's really cool.
1: Yeah, faster was one of the ones that like I was the one lone guy on the panel that <laughs> week that was like I didn't like this and like Don and Connor was like yeah it was awesome and I'm like I don't know like it was fun but like what's going on here, uh but. I, I, we get introduced to this. We have this big boss named Mako. And right off the bat, you can tell, like, oh, all right. So a, bo- a boss abusing his workers. We even see, like, a scene where he's just straight up, like, oh, yeah, we're, we're out of rations. And he's just, like, housing, like, the right. like most cartoonish <laughs> feast in the world. And then he brings them, like, half a bowl of soup for them all to share and i'm like oh, i wonder what they're getting at here guys mm. <laughs> um but you know and one thing is like these all these people in this guild have such a like undying loyalty to this guy and they're like, oh no he's he's good for us you know the profits are going down because the ipsium is damaged and mm-hmm. and we have to share rations and you know one day I'm gonna get that top earner of the of of the quarter or whatever Benny was really like excited to get. And they like I guess it, it just show it's an allegory for how much like you put into your job only for nothing to come out in return. And also the fact that, you know it's always all the profits are going to go directly to who's running the ship and mm-hmm. he doesn't give a crap about workers' rights or, or, or anything. And it's just very – it, it it's, a, it's a story that never gets old because it seems like it's always an issue, especially mm-hmm. in this country. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> what, what did you think about how they handled this whole thing with the mine? And, and it was a bit silly. It was a bit goofy. But, like, did you – connect with it did you like the stories of the miners like what were your thoughts on Benny as a character I know Don was saying he found him a bit annoying but like he thought that was the (laughs) point of the character so he liked him a bit more like Mm -hmm. what did you think overall
0: I'm like I feel awful but like I feel like most of the young characters tend to annoy me so like I I'm also in the same boat that like Benny was a little annoying to me but I understand but something like you know while it was a bit, like, on the nose, like, with what talking about, like, workers' rights and exploitation, again, the show is geared towards kids, so if it's gonna be a bit more explicit, they did it in a way that's digestible for, I think, many ages, so I think that's great. Mm-hmm. But I think something that was kind of, like, wow, like, thinking about watching the episode is that, like, all of the people in this mind, they're kids. So it's yeah. also the sense of, like, what have they experienced in their life to end up here where they think this is the best outlook for them. And I think too, that just like represents the larger state of the galaxy, even outside the empire, right? Because normally in star Wars, when you hear bad, you think empire and that is true, but showing how do people even not necessarily under the empire's reach, they're still suffering because of what's going on in the empire because the empire and, you know, fascism as a whole is going to make like resource seem, resources seem scarce and kids are probably scared and they're in this job and it's comfortable and they maybe have some sort of community. And even though Mako seems like a total noob, like, <laughs> you know, I think they look up to him because, you know, he feeds and they, you know, it's not only like, oh, I want to be top earner to get food, but there's a sense of like, I want to be top earner to like impress him and like earn yeah. like that and i you know i think tying that back to just like american work culture and this whole like grind set where it's like if you're like oh man i like worked overtime and only got like six hours of sleep last night someone else is gonna be like oh yeah well i worked this much overtime and only got four hours of sleep that's like a gotcha where it's like mm-hmm. why is that a good
1: thing it's like i work man, harder I- than you like right
0: Right. Just for like you like you mentioned earlier, that extra overtime work, money, yeah, you're gonna get some of it on your paycheck, but ultimately who is it benefiting? Your boss, not you, right? So I mm-hmm. think again, that show the this episode uh demonstrated that idea, I think, very well. Again, a bit simplistically, but I think in a way that, you know, for younger kids watching it can understand it and start, you know, thinking about those things well. You know, I don't think <laughs> I don't think Star Wars is promoting socialism or communism, but they sure as hell will be say like "fuck capitalism," which you know mm-hmm. I can appreciate. Um, oh, they're
1: going woke. They're telling our kids that not work hard. <laughs> I'm like, shut up. Like, it's it's, like
0: uh, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, no I, I I agree with what you said. I I did think it was pretty funny that scene where he just puts, like, the bowl of, like, just broth and just, like, a bunch of them just go running towards it. And I think having them be child workers, again, really put the nail on the head there of especially the many references that they just directly, like I said, they directly say in this episode, like, you know, this reminds me a lot of the Empire. And we see the same thing, like, that blind loyalty to the Empire because mm-hmm. they feel like they're providing for them when that sense of, like, how they earned that, like, loyalty is not really there. We mm-hmm. we just see those people that are, like, blindly loyal to the Empire. And then we'll see some stories where people will break free from the propaganda. And it, w- it was very similar with this one where uh, Benny, over the course of the episode, his, like, devotion to Mako ended up, like causing causing him to betray the batch at one point, but then he sees the, the facts and he sees the the writing on the wall and ends up uh turning over a new leaf, which I thought was done pretty well, but when we get into that, uh but we gotta talk about the unsung hero of this episode, which is my boy Gonky. Because <laughs> I, last week I was like halfway through the episode we were talking about how the marauder was stolen and they were stuck in this cave and i was like guys i just realized that gonky got stolen too what are we gonna do uh and thankfully he was back in all his glory and he actually was the reason why the batch found the ship because omega came up with the idea something that even tech didn't even think of uh which was trying to track Gonki's signal uh, as opposed to the Marauder's signal I Do find it kind of Convenient that this guy stole the marauder and then just like kept flying it around the planet and then just put it in this little like mining garage instead of like going off world for them to actually like look for it. But story is story, we got to tell an episode somehow, got to mm-hmm. get to the mines, got to explore this uh western planet. Which one thing I will say is you know, we talk about the art style. You can never say the animation looks bad because, like the night, mm-hmm. like the night sky on these on this planet looked unbelievably cool, and I and I yeah. love the the night shots in this episode. But when we see the batch meeting Benny, I immediately just loved like Wrecker's dynamic with him, where he's just like, and like scares <laughs> him, or like every time it looks like he's about to give, like, I don't think so, and then just <laughs> I, I just loved how Wrecker was like, just being like. Because we know he's, like, the most, like, cuddly, like, teddy bear in the world. He's a but softie. To, yeah. yeah. But to an outsider, it's like, here's this, like, giant seven-foot clone. You're staring mm-hmm. at me. Could probably rip my head off. So Benny's probably terrified. But we're all just, like, like you said, we see him cuddling with Lula at the end of the episode because he's just, you know, he's my soft little guy. So... Again, I, I just found those funny, and I, I just mm-hmm. loved how we have that. Because, again, nothing new here. The, oh, can we trust the outsider? Like, oh, he's here's this guy that stole our ship, and he's a thief. But, you know, we got to learn to trust him, because we both have the same goal here. And It's like, we've seen this before. Mm. We've seen Star Wars do this. I'm pretty sure we've seen the Bad Batch do this several times themselves. Yeah. <laughs> but... It is continuing to show different perspectives in the galaxy, which I do appreciate. We did get a little bit of lore, like bonus lore at one point from Benny in the episode saying that the mines used to belong to the uh, the Techno Union. Uh, but then they were forced out and eventually uh, Mako took over the, the mine himself and ruled it with an iron fist. But, you know, oh, Mako is so cool. So he's so cool. He gives us a bowl of soup. Uh, so we have to be super devoted to him. I did like the stealthy having to get into the mine through, like, the chimney thing where, like, mm-hmm. they were very much timed. Uh, Hunter looking like looking like a, a big old dad in those scenes yeah. of just climbing <laughs> down uh, the, the chimney, having to get uh, the droid and, like... The, the fact that there was, like, urgency in this scene. because like, we knew Hunter mm-hmm. was going to survive. But, like, the fact that it was like, okay, we're timing. We're counting down here. And then, boom, there's an explosion. The droid explodes. And then they're able to get in that way. Which mm-hmm. I thought was... I thought that was a really cool scene. Uh, and then, eventually, they, they, they get through uh, to the mine. Omega and Benny go off to go up to the upper levels and then this is where we see a lot of the going ons of the mining guild we get to see the aforementioned soup scene which is just (laughs) it's it's sticking out to me Uh, i don't know why uh but and then we also get to see like benny is so confident that the marauder is gonna earn him top earner and we see right off the bat that like Mako doesn't really care like at all. He's like, oh, this isn't the ship I wanted or whatever it was. And then they strip it for parts. They eventually find the ship, but the the hyperdrive has been deactivated. So they have to fix that. And then they have to disable the shields up there. And like we get to see like the first cracks in not Spider-Man's devotion to Mako when he's so sure he's going to get top earner. And then it ends up going to the other guy with the fate stat. They all kind of look and sound the same to me. It's like Mm -hmm. other child worker gets it. (laughs) And he's like, oh, damn it. Uh, And then, which I found weird is that he doesn't even go for the food. Because earlier on, we see him just find like a little ration ration, on the Marauder. And he just like eats it like super duper fast. Mm -hmm. uh so the fact that he doesn't even do that and we get to see all these other people acting like animals or like workhorses or whatever allegory they're going for here uh the anti-capitalism uh allegories of this episode are are very much a plenty here uh Mm -hmm. but then when they eventually get up to the shield room we see benny like the whole time it's like oh you gotta trust me you gotta trust me we're like we're doing the same thing here but then we see him like Press a little button to alert someone. It's like, ah no, Benny, what are you doing?
0: I rolled my eyes because I knew it was coming. And that was the thing. Like they've they've hinted at this where it's like Omega tends to be too trusting of people. And like she's gotten, you know, learned the lessons a little bit, but like I don't think any of the lessons have effectively stayed with her yet. And like, and I get it. Like he he was kind of their way to get out of this. And Hunter even said, like, yes, go with him, but like you know, the way they're still a little bit shocked when it happens is like, uh, but they make up yeah. by the end of it. But I'm like, come on, Omega. Like, n- you know better by now, girl. Yeah. I know you she's, do.
1: She's very she sees the good in everyone almost to a fault, because mm-hmm. even like with, with, with this scenario where like Benny eventually does, you know, be on the right side of things it's going to end up costing her. And this is why I've been saying that when, if we do see Sid abandon the group or turn on the group or turn them into the empire, whatever it ends up being, she's going to be the most affected because she sees Sid the most like a part of the group and like a part of the family, as opposed to everyone else. And because mm-hmm. she immediately gets attached and latches on to these characters and, and, and sees the good in them and, and immediately trusts them. It's going to lead to some damage for her uh emotionally. We already saw how bad Echo leaving the group affected her last week, which I thought was so mm-hmm. powerful. So yeah, again, it's like, oh, she puts her trust in the wrong people. But then once Benny starts to look at like the list of because Omega's like, you said that the Ipsium was, I forgot what the word was. Like it degraded wasn't refi- or degraded. Yeah. yeah. It's like, no, it's fine. Like, look at all these profits. It's going all going Mako's just. Living his best life there, eating all the all these foods and and, and stuff, and just being an absolute slob in his office. Uh, and then he's like, "No, let, let me look at that." And as soon as he starts looking at it, Mako comes in, captures Omega, and then we 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 get the uh, the turning point for Benny in this episode mm-hmm. of when he starts to he slowly starts to look at the information, and he realizes that hey, we're we are being exploited you know we're we're putting in all this work and he's doing nothing and and we are just pawns in his system to make a profit
0: mm-hmm. and
1: he's so like even at this point he's he hasn't gotten top earner he's been basically thrown aside and he still is just like no I need to I need to impress you know the divine mako it's like the, the one guy that just needs approval from anyone in his life, whether that be a parent, whether that be a boss, whether that be a teacher. You just need to have that approval to make themselves feel validated. And then, oh boy, is that kind of yeah. it, it? It's home for, for some people, but to the cost of like, it's, it's self destructive behavior. And we see that here. Of Omega is captured and uh, we do see Benny, uh, like once it looks like Omega's in danger here, like Hunter ends up saving her with the grappling hook. And it's like very little, like, like you said, very little stakes in these episodes or or not necessarily stakes, but like emotional stakes for the viewer's end of like, whenever these characters are in danger, I at least get the feeling of, well, I know they're going to be fine. It's mm-hmm. not like Rebels where I'm like... Even though it's geared towards a lot of the same audience and, and they are made by the same people, I was always like, oh, you know, any episode, it's like, this could be it for Ezra. This could be it for Kanan. Because, again, we don't know the fates of those characters. And the same thing is for these characters here. But I'm just like, nah, they'll get out of this. Like, mm-hmm. they, they gotta be in the next episode. And I think it would be cool if eventually they subverted those expectations. It's like, Oh no, 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 we're screwed here. One of them is right. (laughs) But I just didn't see that coming at all in this episode. But then eventually Benny is like, Oh, he tells the truth, shows everyone the information about Mako stealing from them and just exploiting all the workers. And then Mako just eventually just goes, you know, super villain, (laughs) death, super Disney death, yeah. <laughs> falls off the thing, is like, oh, take my hand, and he slips, falls, dies, falls into the lava. I'm like, I've seen that dozens of times in my life. Right. Yeah. Uh,
0: and I think that whole part makes a really good point that, like, this like competition, they think their biggest enemy is their fellow worker, when really the biggest enemy is Mako. And that's kind of how, you know, people in power continue to marginalize communities they pit people against one another we again like these conversations we have around work ethic in america and like oh this job is good or if you didn't go to school to get a college like oh you work at this job and not this job like the way people compete with one another and the way things like like social welfare are demonized and things like that are demonized when it's like we are fighting the wrong enemy because the people who hold all of the power the richest corporations and everything like that or like mako they know if everyone becomes aware that we all have a power as a collective they stand no chance so they have to make people like fight with one another and you you know you see a kind of successful like rebellion in this case where it's like the truth is exposed and they all kind of you see the moment where they look at each other and again these are just kids and they're able to understand and be like that's not fair that is not right and within seconds again very funny disney version of the death like i don't know why they couldn't just like i don't know like people's arrest him or something and like kick him out but whatever you know he's he's a slob i don't feel sorry he died but no it was just it was just interesting um but literally within moments that everyone knows the truth everyone bands together and he's yeeted he's gone you know so i think that's a really important message that like you know there's power in collectivity and that's something too that andor did really well the prison episode wonderful you know um exploration of like that idea and I've talked about that at nauseum. And so I like that this fits in well in a kid show mm-hmm. that that same message is spanning across multiple shows. I think that is really great. So, you yeah. know, even though I haven't been super fond of Bad Batch, I will say that I like again that, you know, they're making sometimes these more like complex themes and ideas accessible to uh, a variety of people.
1: I'll agree with that, and I think we've seen a lot of the same like narrative themes of Andor carry over into the Bad Batch, just told a bit different and told for a different audience, which I think, like you said, is a great thing. I'm glad that they're carrying on with the themes, having the shows feel like, you know, I watched Andor, so it's making a lot of the stuff here hit even harder. And, and same, it's like, oh, if I liked what I saw in Bad Batch, I hear that this Andor show is doing... A lot of the same things. Maybe I'll check that out if you're new to the live action stuff, or if you're like a younger viewer and you, you've only really seen the the animated shows, or vice versa, if you've only seen the live action stuff. It's like, oh, I hear this Bad Batch show is tackling some of the same stuff, and I really like Dandor. Maybe I'll check out the Bad Batch. Same thing when you have all of these different Star Wars properties, and some people are very pick and choose with what they like. Or if they're just so vehemently against the animation stuff for some reason, it's a good gateway into there. Uh, But again, I just want to say real quick, the still at this point, like, Benny has, has exposed Mako. He's turned all the workers against him, but he's still, like, trying to save him at that last second. Which is, like, he still has that, like, well, no, like, we're going against you here, and we know what you've done, but, like, I still have to save you listen they couldn't
0: it's a star wars kids show they couldn't go fully eat the rich they had to like at least give some like chance for that redemption right because redemption is like the biggest theme in star wars so they had to give a chance just to you know
1: if they were gonna go go fully eat the rich they would have had all the workers just pick him up and just like toss him over the edge it's like you know how we get through this murder but (laughs) that didn't happen but you did mention the whole the, the the culture at this this mining place was worker against worker and then where it should be all the workers against mako and it like as soon as they figure out that they're being used it's instantly like okay we're switching things up we're, we we got to unite we got to work together and we see that at the end of the episode where they're all kind of working together to reform this mine and i i did like how the episode left the door open for benny and omega had that conversation like oh why are you staying here you can do anything with your life and he's like oh mining is all i need to all i know how to do but he's like if you guys ever need a thief uh i got you and i'm like he could (laughs) come back he might not who knows we never know with a lot of these characters of the week especially in star wars animation but Again, it's like I never thought that 15 years ago that the blue Pantoran senator from Clone Wars would still keep showing up in Star Wars animated <laughs> projects 15 years later. So right. you never know what this stuff of which characters are going to hit and which characters aren't. I did like that little conversation at the end, though, that Omega and Tech had, which, again, I love that they're they're like becoming the new duo, which I love, uh, where Omega was like, you know this really reminds me of the empire. It's like, it might not be the empire, but there's always going to be people like the empire that oppress people and are, you know, ruling like this. And tech pretty much said like, well, there's more of us out there, like more people like us. And that's always going to be what helps us win, which I really liked. And I'm just hearing that. And I'm like, all right. Okay. So when are you going to put two and two together that you're also in this same relationship with Sid Uh, Mm -hmm. and you need to break away, and you need to help, and you need to go back to your buddy Echo. But, again, I've said it a billion times at this point. I feel like it's getting old. It's like, when is this man going to shut up about Sid? I don't know. (laughs) I'm just waiting for something to happen. But overall, this episode, I I thought it was fine. I liked it. I I liked it a lot. I I thought it was an enjoyable watch. It's nothing special. Like, it's not going to be one of my favorite episodes of the season or anything. And... I will say that I enjoyed last week's more as the first part of like this two part story. I do wish that the narratives that they were telling in those episodes were a bit more connected besides the fact of like, we lose the Marauder in this one, we get it back in this one. And that's really the only continuation we have in those two episodes in terms of the same emotional stakes that we had from last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I-, I do agree with you. that I think what you mentioned earlier about if they were releasing these episodes, like multiple episodes a week. I feel like it would be a better watch. And, like, I'm, I for the most part advocate for the weekly release model as opposed to the just binge model, just because I think binging has kind of ruined how we view and how we digest a lot of these TV shows. Because we saw this with Obi-Wan, where every week it's like, when's vader showing up you know what are we doing here and it's like come on guys like just wait till the story's being told uh but i have enjoyed every time that they've for this season had the back-to-back episodes and i feel like those ones like really like hit well and and like so to have an arc like this where we are getting like the clone wars style like this is going to be a multi-week story. It's not just going to be standalones like the Bad Batch have been doing for the most part. And and, and I like that we were doing that, but I, I do agree with you that this season is probably going to play better watching it all at once as opposed to weekly because we're going to have like the greater picture of where this is all leading to. And I'll be very interested in, if years from now down the line, we do revisit the Bad Batch on this show and the way that we are with Clone Wars. I'll be very interested in seeing what my thoughts are on the season. Then uh, mm-hmm. with the full season in hindsight and being able to watch it in that regard. Uh, but yeah, overall it was a fine episode. It wasn't awful. Wasn't great. I did like, see, like I said, I liked the fact that Yuri Lowenthal was voicing Benny. So I had that little Spidey connection there. Same way that you did with uh Dewey Duck with uh faster. <laughs> yes. Uh DuckTales Supremacy. Every time a DuckTales yes. actor shows up, I'm like <laughs> love, love that we got the connection there. I gotta go finish that show at some point because
0: everyone I
1: love the first season.
0: Everyone, if you take anything from this episode, it's go watch the DuckTales reboot. It's absolutely absolutely incredible. David Tennant is Scrooge McDuck. Like, come yep. on. Like yeah. that's all you need to know. It's incredible.
1: It's a great show from what I, I like. I said I've seen I think the first season, and I really loved it. And I hear it gets even better. So oh yeah. Don't don't be be scared. Just watch watch <laughs> your watch the ducks. You yes. will be you will be very satisfied. So thanks for joining us this week on our Bad Badge recaps. A little bit short, but you know, when well you don't have much to say besides worker uh, work exploitation bad and then Wrecker hugging Lula at the end which was just every time Lula shows up Mm -hmm. gets me right here
0: one other thing I will say about the episode that like made me laugh I was watching it with Mike we were like doing a we watched it the next day or not the next day the day it released but instead of staying up till like 3 a.m. we just watched it you watched it like a responsible
1: human being and not someone that stays up till 3 in the morning like all of us
0: right exactly Mm -hmm. um (laughs) We were watching it. (laughs) I know. Once Mando starts, I'll be back on my staying up to 3 a.m. stuff. But luckily, I, I will be on the West Coast next week. So it'll only be midnight for me, for Mando. And then the rest of the season, unfortunately, I will have to be up at 3 a.m. Anyway, I'm sorry. But, you know, so we mute while we watch and then like unmute if we have something to say. So I would unmute every time to laugh or say something because I watch everything with the captions on. But the the captions for gonky were hilarious because it was like oh, gonky God. honks, gonky <laughs> honking. And it was so funny. <laughs> it was like, period, gonky, you honk. An- another like quip I made to Mike while we were watching. I was like, "Damn, Gonki's having more character development than Echo has had his entire time with the Bad Batch." Like this is damn.
1: Hey, look! At least he's getting that development elsewhere. He got yeah. it at the last moment. I gotta find a screen cap of Gonki's subtitles so I can make that like the social media post for the episode. <laughs> That's beautiful. Do. Uh, But but thanks again for coming on. It was great having you. We've had you on for. Andor, we've had you on for Bad Batch. Now it's just like we got to complete the circle and have you on for Clone Wars. <laughs> so we'll do that. And then when Rebels comes around. Oh, yes. I sure. better be on. For sure. For sure. So uh, if you want to just tell everyone where they can find you and what you've been working on and what recently just dropped uh, at the time of recording yesterday or earlier today, I think. It was recorded yeah. yet. I don't remember what it was. But anyways, yeah. <laughs> where can they find okay. you, Chelsea.
0: So I'm a co-host with my friend Austin on the podcast. This is The Wayseekers. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at WayseekersPod. Um, We are on Spotify and all those platforms, as well as on Austin's YouTube channel. You can find all of that on the Instagram under Twitter. And just today, yeah, this morning released our um, pre-season three Mando episodes. So talking all things season one and two, we talked a bit about Book of Boba Fett and then just some of our like, you know, um hopes dreams expectations worries going into mando season three so it was a really fun episode first one back after a few months so it was, feels good i am just going headfirst back into all my podcast thing and then you can find me personally on instagram at jedi underscore chelsea
1: perfect uh and yeah i i know that some good stuff is coming austin told me some of the exciting stuff coming yesterday so yes check out way seekers the slay seekers are always a great watch uh, it's a very queer Star Wars podcast, which we always love here. So oh, yes. <laughs> definitely support Chelsea and Austin and everything they do. Uh, you will have a great time. As for myself, you can find me on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram at Starlight Andrew. Uh, you can follow the podcast on Twitter at for the Republic Pod and on Instagram and TikTok at For the Republic Pod, where we post updates on the series as well as funny little clips and stuff. Uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel for the Republic Podcast. Get us close to 100 subs so we can start doing fun live content. And uh, it'll really help us get to where we want to go with the channel and with the uh, with the pod brand as a whole as we're trying to build this bad boy up. Uh, we should be having a new episode finishing up our Clone Wars Season 1 rewatch sometime within the next couple days. We just got to figure out when we're recording that. And then we'll have some big announcements about the show going forward. But next week, we will be back with our Bad Batch recaps as well as the beginning of our Mando season three coverage, which that is going to be. I don't know how we're going to cover all this stuff every week, but we're going to figure it out. We're going to make some adjustments to the shows and we're going to have a good time. So until then, thank you for joining us. Thanks for Chelsea for being on this week. And until next time, may the force be with you always.